about the significance of playing, we probably think of it as a way to help us with creative thinking, expelling our energy, and social interaction. Let's dig a little deeper on that thought today as we talk about play therapy. Welcome to Lone Pack Conversations. I'm Valerie. Today we're talking to Anya Reddy, a play therapy practitioner. She is a child and adolescent psychologist who uses play as a language to help children enhance their social, emotional, and behavioral skills. Welcome, Anya. Hi, Valerie. Thank you for being here. Um, let's start with you telling us how playing impacts our mental health. Wow. Well, I mean, we could start with children or adults, but actually, to be honest, with you, play is something that all mammals engage in. Um, it starts off as our way of discovering the world, of discovering ourselves, our bodies. Um, the things around us. Uh, as children, it's how we develop friendships, relationships. It's how we strengthen our bond with our parents. And um, it's how we foster friendships. It's how we discover empathy, uh, how to share, how to argue, how to make up. And as adults, mm-hmm. it uh, transforms. You, some could say that play matures a bit. You know, it could become teasing. It could become um, flirting. It could become uh, more organized in terms of sport. Um, but play, when we engage in play, regardless of age, it leads to a lot of happy hormones in our bodies, basically brain chemicals. You have oxytocin that's releasing. Um, it helps reduce your serotonin levels. That's your stress. Um mm-hmm. Play inherently makes your body happy. Right. So, Anya, can you tell us what play therapy is and how it's different from playing generally? So, in play therapy, you have a trained, uh, licensed play therapist who is using play as a language to help you help yourself. So, the difference is that um, in play therapy, the play is not the focus. In fact, for play therapists, a lot of the time, um, you know, we disregard the materials that we have because we know that the therapist is the most important tool in the room. The therapist is the most important toy in the room because mm-hmm. we're using play as a language, but we're focusing on the relationship, the client-therapist relationship. So, right. so um, your question was, how is it different, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, when we play... Um, there's no goal to playing, but in play therapy, we have our goals. We know what we want to achieve. Um, the child is not coming in just to play with building blocks. In fact, um, the way that a therapist holds the space um, is watching a child, the way the therapist is engaging with the child, uh, the minimal number of rules that we have, the fact that it's only once a week for 40 minutes. It's very structured. So going in, um, even the child knows because there's an energy in the room and the therapist is picking up on body language, on energy, on uh, communication, on um, eye connection. Right. Um, Anya, you were telling us that playing can help with a lot of things. It helps when it comes to discovering the world and discovering ourselves and getting to know ourselves better. Um, What got you interested in providing play therapy professionally? Well, um, I have never been a big believer in talk therapy, even for children especially, but adults as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to use creative methods 
you know, more artistic movement, um, storytelling, mindfulness, just different techniques that would access the human subconscious or the unconscious. And right. because I feel that we are all able to heal ourselves and uh, humans are capable of responsible freedom. And no one knows one's inner world the way one oneself knows one's inner world. Nobody else can can tell you what you need. And um, I'm a big fan of clients being able to take charge of their own healing. So I feel that using creative methods like play allows for that. Mm -hmm. Wanted to give children the chance to blossom into um, human beings, not just children, you know, because uh, I feel like children are infantilized. They're they're um, almost treated as though they don't know anything. They're not given enough information. They're dumbed down, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're expected to be able to handle a lot of things. So, right. treat children also with respect, autonomy, dignity, just recognition for the fact that they're also human beings who are actually very, very aware. I mean, a child's intuition mm -hmm. is much sharper than most adults' intuition. So, yeah. Right. Play therapy especially allowed me to integrate um, creative techniques and also uh, the kind of approach where I would be able to um, meet a child as a human being instead of a child as a child. I was working with a client that, and it had nothing to do with age. You can also use play therapy with adults. So why don't you tell us about that? I mean, um, you did mention when we were talking about the impact of playing on our mental health, you mentioned that it works with children and adults. And right now you also mentioned that play therapy is not just for children. So um, why don't you tell us more about that? Um, so when we're working with adults, play therapy is great in terms of healing the inner child. So with a lot of mm -hmm. adults, you will see um, unresolved issues, um, maybe a certain way of communicating, um, a certain conditioning that's happened, um, scars that they have never truly had the chance or maybe the space to fully heal. And some scars can take years and years to heal from. And then there's also, you know, um, how you carry your childhood trauma not only into your adult relationships at home, at work, but also into your own parenting and how that affects your parenting choices, how it affects how you feel about yourself as a parent, whether you trust yourself as a parent. Mm -hmm. so my, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of using um, not only play therapy with parents, uh, different techniques of helping parents become aware of who they're becoming as parents. You know what choices they come, what choices they're making, um, whether those are conscious informed choices. Mm -hmm. um, but beyond just parents, um, play therapy is a wonderful way of connecting with the inner child and holding that inner child, giving that inner child time, recognizing how it's important. Because just because I'm, you know, I was 25 yesterday doesn't mean that I'm, you know no longer the 25-year-old person. Right. Um, I've carried those experiences, those memories, the things that I've learned, the things that I've regretted into who I become today. And along the way, we seem to drop the child in us. And I feel that it's really important for us to take time out to recognize the child in ourselves. Uh, you know, spend some time asking the child, what, what does this child mean? 
how can I help this child? You know, because after a point, you can't really go back to your parents and say, you know, you did this and this and this to me, and this is what I need from you, because they may not be able to give it to you. They may not be around. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody has their limitations. So it's also about taking charge of your own um, needs and discovering that you can give yourself what you felt you were denied or what you need now. Right. A lot of people, healing the inner child allows adults to return to themselves in a way that's um, empowering and sort of like holding your whole self. Anya, it's so beautiful that you said that, you know, you believe people are capable of healing themselves and you just need to be assisted to reach there. And even for adults, when you talk about play therapy, you talk about connecting with your inner child, connecting with things that you may have left unresolved or things that you are um, in conflict with. And this just helps you bring you back to that spot, maybe where things happened and try and get them dissolved and try and make peace with things. And that that is such a beautiful thing and such an important thing for people to move on in their lives. Right. Um, can you tell us what a play therapy session would look like? Hmm. Um, you know, the beautiful thing about each play therapy session is that they're each so different. Whether it's the little things and, um, you know, I could have, you know, say I have this one client, um, Marissa, who comes in once a week. Mm-hmm. The way Marissa engages with the toys in the room um, on the surface seems to be the same every week. And the way, but but it's the little things and the therapist would notice, you know, how her body language has changed, whether she's sharing her artwork with me, whether she's sharing things with me, you know, whether her body is turned away from me or whether she has open to sharing space with me. Mm-hmm. But I could also have, you know, a client who's engaging with me. And I've also had a client who's, you know, just almost refused to engage with me. I mean, I once spent 40 minutes with a client and it was his first session and there were no words exchanged. He just engaged in movement. It was just a lot of slapping of the arms and different moving of the body. So, mm-hmm. and um, so how would a typical play therapy session look like? Well, the client knows what their boundaries are, basically keeping uh, ourselves safe, each other safe, and everything in the room safe. Mm-hmm. Tell me that they've hurt themselves or someone wants to hurt them. Then uh, I have to end the session. Um, and I tell them in advance that um, I'm ending the session only because I need to keep you safe. And this is something we need to prioritize right now. And I have to tell your parent or your guardian, but not to punish you but just to make sure that we can keep you safe because we have to prioritize a client's safety before we can really even delve into the subconscious and the unconscious. Right. I mean, um, it's going to be difficult to access healing once you're physically or mentally unsafe. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and I mean, a client comes in and they have the sand tray, they have movement, they have music, they have art, they have storytelling, they have mindfulness. So they have a bunch of different corners and um, materials that they can access and work with during a session. Mm-hmm. They come in and they think it's completely self-directed, meaning the client chooses what they want to do. So today a client might want to do art and next week they might want to do sand and the week after that they might do a story. And three weeks later, suddenly they want to return to the story. 
because they've processed it or something finally resonates or they feel like they can finally talk about it. There's, you know, there's just something they want to return to about that story. So it's totally unpredictable in a sense. Although mm-hmm. um, it's unpredictable only in a tangible sense. I suppose in the more intangible sense, I know where a client is coming from and I know where we are going. And there is a growth that I can see happening. But then again, as a therapist, I always have to be careful that I'm not coming from a space of I know what's best for the client. I know what the client needs. I know how to do this. It's very important that it's like holding clay. I am not molding the clay. I'm just holding the clay and watching it as it molds. As it molds itself, rather. So, um, yeah, so a play therapy session can be a client that's, you know, throwing a ball from one wall to the other. It can be a client who doesn't want to talk to me at all. It could be a client who just wants to sit on my lap. But then we have to think yeah. about whether that's safe or unsafe. And then you also have to take into consideration where a child's coming from, you know. Is this a child who has experienced uh, bad touch? And how willing am I to allow the child to use my body as a canvas to experience what good touch is? Because how can a child know bad touch from good touch if the child's never had a chance to experience good touch? You know, and is being mm-hmm. denied the space to like, experience trust and affection and safety in someone whom they feel like they can experience those things with. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a beautiful spectrum. You know, Anya, um, you've spoken to us about such a serious um, topic while giving us this answer. You told us that it doesn't only delve into the kind of tools they're playing or trying to understand them through that, but you also have to teach them so much because at the end of the day, they are children. And unless they know the difference between good and bad, there's no way for them to, you know, understand if something that's happening to them is right or wrong. And so um, how do you reach out to these clients that you have when they're children? Like you said, some of them don't talk to you for the entire 40-minute session. Um, How do you reach out to them and break that wall? Play is a a child's language and toys are their words. And there's so much therapy that's happening even if a child isn't playing. Because Mm -hmm. um, they are invited into a playroom and they're invited to play but they don't have to. It's completely their space. It's their rules. They can say what they want. They can do what they want. What a therapist does, if a child doesn't want to engage or even is engaging, is I hold the space. And when I say I hold the space, I mean my eyes are on them continuously for 40 minutes. I am mirroring their movement. I am completely attuned to them. And when I say attunement, I mean... I'm attuned to the energy, the body language. Um, I'm attuned to their tone of um, you know, the inflection in their voices, um, the kind of uh, stories they're doing with their toys. It's, it's like mm-hmm. I'm sharing a client in more ways than one. There's a lot of body language that's communicative. It's far more than words. It's far more than play. I'm completely attuned to the sense of it's almost like I am a client's candle. Anything right. that, even if they're building a story in the sand tray, it can to an extent almost seem like I'm carrying, actually, no, not even to an extent, I'm carrying the energy 
that a child leaves in a room. So much of working with children and actually teaching children happens in a way when you're not really trying to. It's sort of just like, um, you know, you're holding sand in your hand and you're allowing it to do what you feel like it needs to do. You know how to keep the child safe. You're teaching the child boundaries maybe to an extent, but most of it is mm-hmm. demonstration. And I think the biggest tool actually is empathy. There's When I said attunement, right, and I'm listening to the child in more ways than one, what it is is empathy. I'm listening and I'm listening and I'm listening to how it feels to be in that a sitting position, how it feels to jump up into a standing position, how it feels to, um, you know, turn your body away from me during a session and then to slowly look over your shoulder at me. I've had that with clients, you know, it's, they'll be um, playing and um, they pick up a toy gun and they'll turn around and, you know, they're, they're trying to hide the toy gun from me and they think I'm not looking. Um, mm-hmm. so they shoot me and it's like, oh my God, I shot you. Oh no, who shot you? I didn't shoot you. You know, so it's like a lot of these little things that I have to go with it, of course, because we're playing. Mm-hmm. So it's very cute. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, but there's just so much deep empathy in the sense of I'm, I'm almost embodying what the client is going through. Mm-hmm. And that's just the deepest level of empathy. And there's, there's no other better way to connect to anybody. Right. Anya, thank you so much for talking to us today, for explaining to us what play therapy is. There's so much that we got to learn from you. Apart from, you know, apart from just the topic of play therapy, we've learned that, you know, um, you discover the world, you discover yourselves, you discover empathy and sharing um, when you're a child. But when you grow into adulthood, the importance of play therapy could also be recognizing and nurturing the child in you. And that playing can just make your body happy. What we've learned from you is also your personal experience, you know, your passion to integrate creative techniques, which is not just talk therapy, but you go on to talk about playing, art, so many other alternative means of therapy. And you interact with your clients, work on a relationship with that client so that you understand them better. And most importantly, you empathize with them. And um, as you said, that is probably the best way to connect with somebody. So thank you so much for talking to us today about play therapy, Anya. My pleasure. I'm always happy to talk about it. Thanks for having me again, Valerie. Thank you.